is the 200 level, Mike Carpenter in the basement on the Sunday evening. Going to get a quick podcast out there for the start of your work week. Illinois, another big get on Friday. Terrence Shannon Jr. Now, the reason I didn't do a podcast yet, Friday, met some work friends afterwards. The weekend was the weekend. I hope you had a great weekend and wanted to let the dust settle and see if there wasn't another transfer out or another transfer in. As Jeremy has often joked with the Alana Inquirer podcast, it seems like they often will get theirs done and then boom, some other kind of big news happens. And for all I know, I'm going to be recording this and something big is going to drop. But I feel a little more secure with this roster and the fact that what you have so far will stay here and that if there is any news of another person coming, it might be later this week, probably not on a Sunday evening. So I feel pretty secure at the start of your work week, Monday morning, Monday afternoon, whenever you listen to this, that this podcast will be timely for a day or two. Can't say for how long, though. But what I do know is that Brad Underwood has this thing rolling. And when the news came out on Friday that Terrence Shannon Jr. had committed, and the smoke was really starting to gather around Wednesday evening about this, when it finally became official, it still felt great. But also, I'm noticing that the more we get these really impressive recruits and transfers, that it's not so much euphoria, but much more like, oh yeah, that's what Brad Underwood does. And that is an extremely privileged position to be in as a fan. I tweeted something on Friday, and I really stand by this. I have had people, and whether it be, you know, the age of, let's say, Trevor and Isaac, right, those guys, that do not remember the Bill Self era. They were too young for it. Ask me occasionally, what was that like? You know, just kind of rhetorically speaking. And for me, as good as 0405 was, the three year stretch that Self was here, there was this weird sense of like invincibility that you were going to win most of the big games, that you were going to raise some sort of banner by year's end, that you were going to get great recruits. And I would say to any younger fan that didn't live through the Bill Self experience that this is essentially uh, what that was like. This is a period of time for Illini basketball where most things are going right. And that includes, God, look at last year, the injuries and the illnesses, and then you lose Kofi and Curbelo and Trent Frazier and Alfonso Plummer and DeMonte Williams and Jacob Grandison. And yet, after all that, you still feel really good about next year. Better? We're going to get to that. I, I don't want to jump the gun here, but certainly reasons to be excited and feel like you've got yet another top 20, maybe top 15 team when all is said and done, even with all these new pieces. So this is essentially what it was like. We're back in the self era for that short-lived three-year run. No matter who left and no matter what happened, you still felt like we're going to be okay. And that's how I feel now. I, I got to go back five years ago to when you got Underwood here in the first place. And Really look at the remarkable job that he's done. And if this is going to seem like it's an Underwood praise fest, well, that's maybe because it's a Sunday and it's only apt for me to do so this day of the week. But I really do think that what he's done in five years is akin to what Lou Henson did and maybe even more impressive when you consider what he inherited. Both of those coaches inherited programs that were just paltry at the time that they took the job. And different eras to compare the two would be maybe a futile effort, but I do think that what Underwood's done thus far in a changing college basketball landscape is extremely impressive. So that gives me all the confidence in the world that when it comes down to it, we have a coach that is going to win consistently here. That's all I wanted. And if you could tell me that the guy is going to win some Big Ten titles and that sort of thing, then I'm even more on board. And he's already done that. 
He's already won some tangible things, and now he's winning recruiting battles and putting you in position to compete for Big Ten titles and eventually, yes, March Madness success. So as I sit here on this Sunday evening, I mentioned gratitude all the way back in the first podcast after the loss to Houston when I had a few days to sort of decompress and cleanse the palate. The gratitude is still there, and the excitement is only ratcheting up with each and every addition that they add to this roster. So let's get into it. Plenty to talk about on this podcast. It's going to be another shorter one, 25, 30 minutes or so. Before we get too far ahead of ourselves, got to remind you, the 200 level is brought to you by DPDO online at dpdo.com. For all the best deals and prices, order online at dpdo.com. Custom zones with any topping you want, some of their favorites like the Maui Wowie or the Buffer Zone. And hey, whether it's a business lunch or a late night calzone, they will deliver it to your doorstep. Order online at dpdo.com. Also, 4th and Kirby online at 4thandkirby.com. Spring football is over, but there's plenty of great football t-shirts. Yes, basketball season, you know you got plenty of good swag there. But may I recommend the Big Guy 1 or the Big Guy 2 football t-shirts, two of my favorites from 4thandkirby.com. I'm guessing more new items as we get closer to kickoff, but why not check out some of the latest drops at 4thandkirby.com. Rector Construction online at R-E-C-T-O-R-Construction.com for all your home exterior projects. And yes, while it's not quite as warm as we would like it to be, it is that time of year for your next home exterior project. So go online to rectorconstruction.com, get a free estimate today, great customer service, these are expert craftsmen, and best of all, they are really active in the Champaign-Urbana community. They're good guys. Go online to rectorconstruction.com. And finally, State Farm agent Brian Hansen online at brianismyguy.com, life, auto, home, business, renters, you name it, Brian is my guy, and he can be your guy at brianismyguy.com. Hey, you can find us on Apple Podcasts. Rate and review us if you haven't already. We appreciate all the positive and even the negative reviews, though I think it's been a while since we've gotten one of those negative ones. And you can actually rate and review us on Spotify now as well. So, hey, any any way that you can drop a line is much appreciated. We've gotten some messages on Facebook, which I'm not always the most timely at getting back to, but I always love the feedback. And, of course, on Twitter at Fanboy Carp. Twitter, now owned by Elon Musk. Oh, God. A lot of people freaking out about that. I don't really know if my Twitter reality is going to change because I've essentially turned it into my sports news outlet. And I've tried to shut off other noise the best I can because it's just not needed. But yeah, you can find me on Twitter. And boy, was Twitter hopping on Friday. So I mentioned in the opening segment that the tweet that I put out that that really got a lot of momentum was about Bill Self and the Brad Underwood era and comparing the two and how essentially we are living through a self-like era. The difference being that I don't see Brad Underwood going anywhere. And of course, at the time, we didn't anticipate that with Bill Self, but the way the dominoes fell and Kansas being one of those blue bloods, it only made sense when he did move as much as it hurt at the time, especially for me being a freshman, sophomore in high school. But with Brad Underwood, it seems like this is home. And I will give Josh Whitman credit that he's done everything needed to essentially you know, convince Brad Underwood that we will do what it takes to keep you here. Everything Underwood has said seems to indicate that this is his long-term play. And that's a great spot to be in as an Illini fan, to know that you are having this immediate success. But if you are really to turn this into something that could potentially win a national title, you want continuity. In fact, you need it. And it seems as if that's the trajectory that we're on. This is going to be the coach, and you love the coaching staff as well. Let's hit on that real quick before we get into Terrence Shannon Jr. Look at what Brad Underwood and his staff have done since losing their two top assistants last year. Losing all three assistants, sorry. 
Forgot about all three. Tim Anderson, Chester Frazier, Jeff Alexander. It's working out. It's working out tremendously. And dare I say you're recruiting even better. The recruiting class before Terrence Shannon Jr. was number eight in the nation. If you were to find recruiting rankings that factor in transfers, what are you now, top five? I mean, it's incredible the amount of talent, excuse me, that Underwood and his staff have brought in. And it just seems to continue. And I don't think they're done yet. As we saw Sky Clark tweet out something on Friday, they probably are not done yet. And I think there's a feeling in that building that, oh, we got another piece or two coming that will really round this thing out. So kudos to the coaching staff and Brad Underwood for finding three guys that fit their roles beautifully. Let's get to Terrence Shannon Jr. Six foot six wing. Now, he technically could play two more years, I believe, according to that COVID year, though I think many would anticipate he only plays one more. However long he's here, this is someone that fills an immediate need. And when I was watching that Houston game, the NCAA tournament, the biggest frustration was that they were just bigger than you, a bunch of 6'5", 6'6", guys that may not be the most singular talented guys on the court, but as a collective, they were big and strong and athletic. Look at the roster that you've assembled going into next year. Let's take a look at the possible starting five, just as an example. Sky Clark at the moment is your starting point guard, and that is always a little bit dicey. We're talking about a freshman point guard, five-star or not, still a freshman. But I feel pretty good about that if that is, in fact, what you start the year with. Then you're looking at a 2-3-4 mix of what? Terrence Shannon, uh, Coleman Hawkins at the four, R.J. Melendez at the two or three, all of them, 6'6", 6'8", 6'10", in the case of Coleman. And if you go big, Dane Danger at the five. And then who knows, maybe you're going to get another five. It seems like since Pete Nance from Northwestern put his name in the NBA draft and the portal, that that seems to be almost like a foregone conclusion, that if he doesn't go pro, he's going to come here. Well, why the hell not? Then we're looking at a lineup with Pete Nance, Coleman Hawkins, R.J. Melendez, Terrence Shannon Jr., and Sky Clark. But what if you get a veteran point guard, Courtney Ramey? Well, okay, let's say maybe you have Courtney Ramey and RJ, et cetera, right? The, the combinations are endless. But the fact of the matter remains that you have gotten bigger, stronger, more athletic, just like that, overnight. And that's not to say that next year's team is going to be better. I can't guarantee that. I think the minute that Kofi said he's not coming back, you probably lost three or four games alone from that announcement. That's the kind of impact that Kofi Coburn has. Raises your floor immensely. But I don't think it is outlandish to think that next year's ceiling could be a little bit higher. Because what you did last year, if we take a look at it now, a month and a half from when the season ended, I feel like you maxed out. I feel like that team did everything that you could have asked from them. And that when they were struggling on the court, it was basically just because they were too small in the backcourt and eventually fatigue kind of caught up with Kofi. He got beat up last year, there's no doubt. And not to mention all the illnesses and injuries. I think that had an effect as well. But that team, thankfully, still got that tangible reward in the uh, manner of a Big Ten tournament, or sorry, a Big Ten title, regular season this time. So all that to say that I feel really good about what last year's team did, given the roster makeup. I think next year's roster... While they might not go 15-5 and five in the Big Ten, and they might not get a four seed in the NCAA tournament, I think they're just inherently more dangerous based on the kinds of teams that we saw make deep runs in the tournament. You can go with Houston. 
They were better than you last year. But if you have a team like this one, I feel like you have a better shot. That's a better matchup against these teams that have a bunch of tweeners at the two, three, four positions. And they don't need a Kofi Coburn on Houston. They didn't need a Kofi Coburn on North Carolina or Kansas or Duke, right? Any of those teams that really made the Elite Eight or Final Four, where was the Kofi Coburn? Now, Kofi could have been on any of those teams and they might have made the same run. So this is not at all saying that, well, Kofi's the reason you didn't advance. That is anything but the case. But we're seeing in college basketball athleticism. That is what it's all about. And while Kofi is an athlete, the nature of his offensive game naturally turns you into a half-court team. And if you want to be a fast-break team while Kofi's on the court, you're really going to have to do it four-on-five. And sometimes that worked when you had someone as phenomenal as Io DeSumo, but other times you really just had to turn into a half-court team that was either going to make the three or they were going to find Kofi. Not one-dimensional. I mean, last year's offense had some stretches where they were very good. Don't forget, at Michigan late last year, they scored 90. Against Iowa, I think they scored 74 or something, and that was after a really rough first half. So they had their moments, but we saw there were limitations to what they could ultimately do when they faced the likes of a Houston or, God forbid, even Chattanooga. Yeah, that was not a team that was made up to make a deep run in the NCAA tournament. I think next year's team could be. One factor I'm really excited about with Terrence Shannon is that everything that you saw last year in terms of the kinds of teams that made it deep, Terrence Shannon would have been the second, maybe third, probably more more likely third option on a, on a Final Four team, let's say. But it's more of an ensemble cast kind of deal that we saw as that tournament got deeper and deeper. Take Kansas, for example. No doubt they had some stars. Remy Martin, uh, the Christian Braun kid, and uh, the big whose name is escaping me. So they had legit stars, but really that was an ensemble cast at Kansas. Uh, That was an impressive run by a team that was just loaded with talent. Terrence Shannon Jr. on this team. Going into the season, I would understand why some people would think he's going to be the number one focus on offense. But I don't know if that's necessarily how it plays out. Of course, this is a guy that wants to play in the pros, but I do think that you could look at exponential jumps from an RJ or a Coleman or probably find yourself in a leading score by committee. That's not even including the likes of a Jaden Epps or a, well, Ty Rogers won't be your high score. I don't, I don't think so, but Ty Rogers is going to kind of have that Sergio McLean kind of freshman year where he plays a lot and does the little things, but Jaden Epps, right? Sky Clark, we don't know just how good those guys are going to be. Let's say you got a Pete Nance. I'm just throwing it out there. These are all guys that any given night can lead you in scoring. And that's the kind of makeup that is more conducive to deep runs in the NCAA tournament. Whether or not you win a Big Ten title this year, I'm assuming Michigan will be the favorite because of more returning guys and our buddy Hunter Dickinson. And we'll get to that in a bit. But no, I, I really like where this thing is going. You could say that if you don't have one alpha dog, that's a problem. And I would maybe agree with that in late-game situations. But even this year's team, without Io DeSumo, they did have a sort of closer-by-committee situation that most mostly worked out. So I'd, I'm not too worried about this team next year closing games. And, and one final thought, experience, right? We're talking about teams that have older players, and that can certainly be beneficial. But the more college basketball kind of develops into this transfer portal and uh, just all the transients going on, I don't know how much experience matters, at least not how it used to matter 10 years ago. Last year's Illinois team was immensely experienced. They were very old. 
But eventually, speed kills, and they were kind of slow, and they had tired legs, all those games that they put on them that maybe a freshman or sophomore doesn't have. Eventually, they just got outrun, and I could see that next year being the complete opposite, where there's not going to be many games where a team that can go 9-10 deep, because you are flush with talent next year, even young talent, but you're flush with talent enough where I don't think anyone is going to be fatigued by year's end. So... This is me just kind of spitballing here and trying to talk myself into this idea that this Illinois team could be better. I don't know if they will be, but I'm not going to back away from the possibility. I think that as we go to the State Farm Center next November, I can guarantee this, though. There will be a newfound excitement because of all the new toys. I mentioned towards the end of last year how there was a fatigue setting in as a fan because we'd seen this movie before so many times. And even with an Alfonso Plummer, didn't feel like he was here more than one year. That's no fault of his own. He was spectacular for, for what you got from Alfonso Plummer. Spectacular season. But nonetheless, it seemed to be in the mold of the kinds of guys you had on that team for a five-year stretch. We all want something new. We're grateful I mean, I certainly am for everything that they did, but also excited to just see some new faces and a new brand of basketball. I'm watching some NBA playoff games, something I haven't done regularly, and just the speed and athleticism, it's just so much freaking fun to watch. The end of the NCAA tournament, so much fun to watch. Let's be honest with ourselves. The last two weeks of the Illinois basketball season, not fun. Not fun at all. Iowa game, fun because you won right? It was fun because you won. But the Ohio State game wasn't that long before that. And even the Iowa game, you had an entire half where you looked really bad. Not to say next year's team isn't going to have extended stretches or prolonged stretches where they don't look great. And that's where maybe the inexperience comes in. But at the very least, I'd venture to say it's going to be an exciting brand of basketball that maybe doesn't make you pull your hair out as much because they won't have quite as many six, seven minute long droughts scoring. Why? Because they can get down the court They'll have a transition game that this year's team really did not. I mean, the minute Io left, we all should have known that the transition game was not going to be the same. And then as this year went on, if teams were able to get back on defense, boy, did things kind of slow to a halt. So, yeah, all that's to say I'm really excited for the new toys and for the new look and for the brand of basketball that Brad Underwood wants to play. And he's going to get a chance to do that this year. Now, I mentioned this is going to be a shorter podcast, and it will be. There's one more thing I wanted to hit on, and this makes the Terrence Shannon commitment all the more delicious. Michigan. Oh, Michigan. Hunter Dickinson. Jawan Howard. I want to be clear. I do hate Michigan. I do. Michigan basketball specifically. For some reason, I don't really have a beef with Jim Harbaugh at at their football program. I mean, back in the day with Lloyd Carr... Yeah, the Muck Fishkin stuff was a lot of fun. But then after that 2000 game, I sort of acknowledged that, listen, Michigan is what they are in football. To pretend like this is anything close to a rivalry would be kind of silly. Basketball, though. Oh, man. Listen, we hate Iowa. We hate Indiana. But right now, the hottest rivalry in Big Ten basketball is Illinois-Michigan. And it's going to stay that way because Juwan Howard, I know there was a rumor about him going to the NBA. That didn't come to pass. I would imagine he stays at Michigan at least for another couple years. So this will go on for a bit. Hunter Dickinson, of course he's coming back. He's not going to go pro. And listen, I have my qualms with Kofi going, or not qualms, but concerns that he's probably not going to get drafted and isn't really an NBA center. But he's trying, and I think he might even be aware that this is a bit of a stretch. He wanted to 
you know, test himself. Hunter Dickinson, of course he's coming back, because why not? We need to suffer one more year of Hunter Dickinson, though, bear in mind, Hunter Dickinson has not beaten Illinois, neither has Jawan Howard. But this rivalry, I hate them, but I love to hate them. Love to hate them. What happened on Friday was Hunter Dickinson got all pissed off because Terrence Shannon committed to Illinois, and Hunter Dickinson decided to tweet out about the commitment and get into this whole thing. Uh, let me make sure I can get this up here on Twitter. It was deleted, of course. That basically, uh, Coach Adams from Texas Tech is the reason Terrence Shannon Jr. is not at Michigan. Here's the uh, tweet that was eventually deleted. Coach Adams, TTU, he actually tags him on this, is a coward. How are you going to deny a kid a chance to play where he wanted to go? Were you really under that much pressure by your boosters to not sign off on him, to take summer classes there, to be able to graduate, even after he's announced he's not coming back? So Hunter is alleging that the reason Terrence Shannon Jr. is not at Michigan is because the coach of Texas Tech refused to let Terrence Shannon Jr. take classes at Texas Tech. I don't know if I buy that. I mean... Terrence Shannon Jr. could have taken classes at Michigan this summer. I would imagine he would have been able to get in on some sort of contingency thing, and Michigan would have said, you need to take these six credit hours, and then you're good for the fall. That happens everywhere. Secondly, Michigan admissions, if they really wanted to, could have fudged this thing and made it work. I would think. I mean, listen, we know Michigan is a very good academic school, but they get plenty of good athletes in there, and not every one of them is Albert Einstein. So they could have made this thing work. But it didn't. Now, I'm not going to deny that maybe Terrence Shannon did have a first pick, and that was Michigan. And for whatever reason, there were just too many hoops to cross, and or too, hoops to jump, excuse me. And he said, nah, never mind. Or maybe Michigan decided after a couple of weeks that they were going to move on to some other top priorities. I know um, Imani, or is it Emini Bates, the kid from Memphis, he is kind of being linked with Michigan right now, which, by the way, wouldn't that be delicious? You know that that would be an utter disaster, Michigan would be a top five pick, according to all the uh, rankings, and they would find some way yet again to underachieve. But this is a beautiful rivalry. Embrace it. Enjoy it. Hunter Dickinson, he plays the heel so well. I, I, I don't like the kid, but I don't hate him because he's so damn entertaining. I hate Michigan basketball, though, as a whole. I hate what it is under Juwan Howard, which is pretty good. You know, Let's not be, you know delusional here they are a good basketball program despite what happened in the regular season last year what two straight sweet 16s or three straight a big 10 title they're legit in their own way but I would still rather be in Illinois position I still think you have the better coach I think you have a recruiter that's basically on par with Jawan Howard in terms of bringing in guys that he will maximize their talent Jawan is continually going to bring in a bunch of five-star kids a la Penny Hardaway but I'm sorry, the jury is still out whether or not he's going to maximize all these guys. He sure as hell didn't last year. And in terms of roster construction, that leaves something to be desired. Frankie Collins, who was likely going to be their point guard next year, at least compete for it, he's gone after they got another transfer guard. And we'll see if that works because it didn't really work last year with Devontae Jones. Tough as he was, it just the whole was less than the sum of the parts. And I think that's going to be the case more often than not for Michigan. And this is not just the Illini fan in me trying to make it so, trying to you know, wish it into existence. No, I really do think more often than not, they will underachieve in some way, shape, or form. And it's beautiful. Meanwhile, I have no concerns about that with Illinois next year. I mean, yeah, there's going to be some hiccups and bumps in the road because 
it's an entirely new collection of players for the most part, but I'm sorry, I'm feeling pretty good, and actually I will take our position where this basketball program is over Michigan. Now, they would tell you, hey, we made three Sweet 16s. Go ahead, raise the banner for Sweet 16, guys. Let's talk about that real quick. Of course, I want NCAA tournament success. But if you would have went into this year saying you can either have a Big Ten title or a Sweet 16 appearance, I'm taking the Big Ten title. Now, I want to be greedy. I want my cake and eat it too. So both, that would have been ideal. But as it stands, they are not going to be raising a banner for a team that finished three games over 500 just because they happened to make a run to the Sweet 16. So... It's a beautiful rivalry. It's fun. I embrace it. Anytime Illinois plays Iowa or Michigan, and I guess Indiana, that's one to watch for because I don't think we hate Woodson, but he is recruiting at a level that's going to make Indiana good again. I mean, the talent he's bringing in, they will be at least good. And he might actually be an okay coach. I mean, he's he's a wily veteran. He's been around the block a few times, so he might know what he's doing. But it's it's a good position to be in where you're relevant enough to elicit true vitriol from opponents. Hunter Dickinson hates us. I mean, we hate them, but Michigan hates us too. And this is not like Illinois football versus Michigan football, some one-way street. You know, We could make a Muck Fishkin t-shirt for the next Illinois-Michigan basketball game, but there'd be plenty of their fans, and especially their players and coaching staff, that would love to have similar shirts made for Illinois. That's where this rivalry's at. So I absolutely love it. I'm having fun with it. Hunter Dickinson is kind of a turd, but you know what? It's good for the rivalry. I I like having turds to root against because if he were some nice guy like Luca Garza, I had no beef with Luca Garza. I still hated Iowa, but I had to direct my venom more towards like McCaffrey or all of his four or five sons, Connor, Claxton, Braxton, whatever the hell their names are. No, I had to direct it away from Garza because he's fairly likable. Michigan, no problem. I can direct it at anybody, including some, you know, Innocent civilian casualties, (laughs) like Frankie Collins didn't bother me, right? But when he's on the court, he's still wearing that uniform. He is directly associated with the likes of Juwan Howard and Hunter Dickinson. So yeah, sorry, when he was there, I didn't like him. Maybe Illinois can take a look at him. Veteran point guard, right? Veteran ball handler, I'd take a look at that. Wouldn't that spice up the rivalry? Listen, Terrence Shannon very well likely um, would have ended up at Michigan if other things would have happened. But you know, I'm not going to apologize for any of that. Illinois basketball has been the beneficiary of some good luck in the last few years. And yes, the Loyola game notwithstanding, for the most part, Illinois has gotten some breaks. um, But there's also just enough to remind you as an Illini fan that, boy, you know, we got this inferiority complex. We, We seem to get screwed more often than not. And because of that, this recruitment ending as it did with Terrence Shannon Jr. coming to Illinois instead of Michigan... I don't know. Maybe the basketball gods have started to turn around a bit. Think about that Sunday when Nebraska wins at the Kohl Center and then you beat Iowa. The basketball gods were smiling down on Illinois that day. They happen to be doing the same thing here with Terrence Shannon Jr. It's going to pay big dividends this year. He would have been a beast to play against. I'd much rather him be wearing orange and blue than maize and blue. And that's going to be a big difference between these two teams. Whether or not Um, That means that Illinois wins a Big Ten championship and Michigan doesn't. There's a lot more factors than just one player. But had he gone to Michigan, I would have been thinking, oh, crap. Because there's not a bunch of Terrence Shannon Juniors just lying out there in the transfer portal. I mean, you can't just go and, you know, oh, he commits to Michigan. Well, Well, we'll get... Another Terrence Shannon. No, six foot six wings that can shoot like he does and can D up like he does. They don't just fall off of trees. So... 
it's been yet another good week, Alani fans. We're, we're, we're cruising here. The self-era redux, right? This is basically what we're living through right now made all the more impressive the fact that what Brad Underwood inherited was a mess. And now as we enter his sixth year, this thing is a well-oiled machine and there's no signs of it slowing down. I'm having a good time. I hope you are too. All right, short podcast tonight. Hope you guys enjoy it at the start of your work week. We will be back anytime news breaks, and that's kind of going to be our MO throughout the summer months. Appreciate the sponsors. They're sticking with us through all of the summer months. DPDO, online at dpdo.com. They deliver anywhere in Champaign-Urbana. That's online at dpdo.com. Also, 4th and Kirby online at 4th and Kirby.com. Vintage inspired Illini t shirts and apparel at forthandkirby.com. Also, Rector Construction online at RECTORConstruction.com. For all your home exterior needs, that's RECTORConstruction.com. And finally, State Farm Agent Brian Hansen online at BrianIsMyGuy.com. Life, auto, home, business renters, you name it, Brian is my guy. And he can be your guy at BrianIsMyGuy.com. We will be back, as I said, whenever news breaks. Be sure to follow our friends at Illini Inquirer. They are the goods, they have their finger on the pulse. And then you also have, of course, Champagne Showers Podcast Network. We appreciate their partnership. And thank you, the listener, for sticking with us. And uh, this is just a good time to be an Illini fan. It just is. So we'll be around. Good news or bad, but it's much more fun to do these when good news hits. In the meantime, stay safe, stay healthy. We'll see you soon, everybody. It is the 200 level. Mm-hmm.